0: of great commission church international may you be transformed as you listen to the word of god
1: shall we pray our heavenly father we thank you we thank you for Another opportunity to be exposed to the word of God, to take a look in the scriptures, and to measure our life in terms of what you have given us. Father, we pray that as we plow through this final path of Christlikeness, may your spirit take hold once again of your church. And prepare us so that when the bridegroom comes, we shall be ready. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, in the first part of our Christ likeness series, we looked at the meaning of Christ likeness and examined the Standard of God we found out that in eternity past Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says
0: the for me, to, be thing, to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers
1: the scripture is very clear that when God created man, God made man in his image and after his likeness. And he determined beforehand that we should all be changed, transformed to conform to the image and likeness. Of his son Jesus Christ so that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters we also saw that eternity to come first John chapter 3 from verse 1 to 3 when we see Jesus we shall be like him forever and ever the scripture says beloved See what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called children of God. And his children we are. Now. It does not yet appear what we shall be like. And the world does not know us because it doesn't know our Father. But we know. That when we see Jesus. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And anyone who has this hope in him. Purifies himself just as he is pure. We also saw that in order to help us become more and more like Jesus, God gave us the indwelling Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, we are told that, The Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that we all, with unveiled, open faces, beholding and a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into the same image of Jesus from one degree of glory to another by the Spirit.
0: 2nd, chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Now, the Lord is the Spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit
1: so we also saw that god is holy god has a standard and jesus came to show us that standard very clearly. Hebrews 4:15 says he was tempted in every way like us yet he was without sin. 2 Corinthians 5:21 says he who knew no sin God made him to be sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God in him. In 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 21 and twenty two the Bible says this is why you have been called Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. And Jesus taught it plainly in the sermon on the mount. He said in Matthew five forty eight, be perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. In Luke six thirty six, he said, Be merciful, just as your heavenly father is merciful and the rest of the scripture agrees with that first john chapter 2 verse 6 says anyone who says he abides in christ should walk as jesus also walked and ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 he says we should forgive one another just as god in christ forgave us ephesians 5 1 and 2 he says we should be imitators of god as obedient children. And First Peter chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 says that. We should be holy. Because God is holy. He says be holy. Because I am holy. And if we call father. He who judges righteously. Then we ought to lay hold of holiness. And we saw that. The Bible expects us. To clean up our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says that, We should follow peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 Jesus told us in the sermon on the mount blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God now after having looked at the standard of God we began to examine the resources that God has given us for Christ likeness these resources are endowments They are graces. They are things heaven has given us by grace to enable us to live holy lives, cleaner lives, more righteous lives from day to day. And the last session, I went through some of them and principally I began to discuss the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and today I want to finish that session by talking first of all about the daily quiet time and then secondly try to reason with you Practical ways in which you can live and grow in Christ likeness. So, let's talk about the daily quiet time. Why are we on this earth? What are we doing here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? Now, these questions must occupy the mind of every person who reflects. The Bible's answer is that God sent us to this earth. He has a plan for our lives. And he gave us gifts, talents, and abilities with an understanding that we will search for him live clean lives and serve Him all the days of our lives until we meet Him in heaven where we can stay with Him forever and ever. That is the master plan of God for our lives. Now, how do we achieve that? We do that by building godly habits. We put into place systems, things we do daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, in order to arrive at the goal, the target, which heaven has set for us. And this is important because the busyness of life can easily swallow you up. In order to change, in order to be transformed, in order to grow spiritually, in order to become more and more like Jesus, you need to put in place time on a daily basis, when you meet with God in quietness and allow the Word of God to build into you convictions that can cause you to think differently, to feel differently, to have a change in attitude and to act differently. Now this is important because if you do not have any impact or instrument which causes you to examine yourself each time, you can never change. And the Bible does this for us. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 say that. All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching us truth, for rebuking us when we are wrong. For correcting us, bringing us back to the path we should be on and for training in righteous habits so that the man of God will be complete, thoroughly finished to every good work. Yes, let's read Second Timothy chapter 3. We are reading verses 16 and 17.
0: All scripture. It's God breathed. All scripture. And it's, it's useful for teaching. Yes. Rebuking. Yes. Correcting and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You
1: know, Isaiah fifty five from seven to nine, God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. And in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, he says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. The reason you need to engage the Bible is because the Bible is able to tell you the truth, And bring to you what we call conviction. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to prick your heart about certain wrong things you are doing in your life. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart of man.
0: Hebrews 4.12 Yes. For the word of God is living and active.
1: The word of God is living and active.
0: Sharper than any two edged
1: sword. Correct.
0: It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit.
1: You see it penetrates us. The Word of God is able to do things on us, which no doctor can ever do. The Word of God penetrates our soul and our spirit. Yes.
0: Joints and marrow. Yes. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart.
1: It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You do certain things, you are fine with them, you don't see anything wrong, none of your friends or relatives has complained But the Word of God is able to pierce through and convict you and tell you that what you have done is wrong. And because we human beings, we have spirit and we have mind, emotions and will. When the Word of God comes to us like that, it's able to touch us in the the deepest parts of our being, and cause us to wake up. So Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, that the words I'm speaking to you, they are spirit, and they are life. And what happens is that, you see, as long as you keep reading the Bible, the mind of God, Begins to unsettle you. The heart of God comes out and touches you. And you begin to see things from the perspective, from the spectacles of God. And that is what causes us to wake up and be convicted. This is in John chapter 16 Jesus said from verse 8 to verse 11 that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment.
0: Yes. John 16. From verse 8. 8. to 11. 11, yes. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, yes, and righteousness, yes, and judgment. Yes. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. You
1: see, conviction. Is spiritual because there are many things we are doing and the world is doing they don't feel anything bad about it in fact many people feel it is my right to do this nobody should stop me but the Holy Spirit is able to press on your heart that what you are doing is wrong in the sight of God and meet people and talk to them and they tell you, for me I don't see myself as a sinner. I've never sinned. It takes only God's Spirit, taking the Word of God to pierce their hearts and consciences, to wake up to God's standard and even have a desire to change and to be like that. This is what we call conviction. Now, this means that on a daily basis, you need to find time for God's presence so that God's word can sun your conscience and, and, and work on you. Now, I want to stress here that it should be daily because each day, the world in which we live, the environment in which we live, the families in which we live, the workplaces and schools where we spend the day, they have different values from that of God. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, John tells us, Love not the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him, because all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, is not of the Father, it's of the world, and this world passes away. and anyone who follows the world will pass away with the world. but those who keep God's word and obey Him, they will last forever. Yes.
0: First John chapter 2 15 to 17 Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world.
1: James chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 tell us that. Anyone who wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And that God's spirit is jealous in us. Yes. James
0: chapter four, verses four and five. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without Reason that the spirit he calls to live in us
1: envies intensely. So the Bible says, We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit which comes from God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. And so w- we are to keep ourselves unspotted from the world.
0: First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we may understand what god has freely given us
1: now why am i going to this length to explain worldliness because what we call the world is the jesus rejecting people they don't want to have anything to do with jesus they don't like his standards they have their own way of doing things and they plainly show themselves that they are enemies of God and they don't want to have anything to do with them. But they are in the majority, in your family, in the office, at school, and workplace, wherever you in the environment. Now, their standards, their values fill the place. So, from morning till evening, as you deal with them, as you talk with them, you work with them, you move with them, what they are doing is that they gradually begin to color the way you think. They begin to affect the songs you sing. They begin to affect the way you dress. The world has its standards, and they love those things because... It is a Christ-rejecting world. So, the culture of the world is anti-God. So, every single day, you go among people and work and school and go out. You meet the world. The billboards, the TV screen, the computer screen. You meet the world wherever you are even on your mobile phone. So, you need daily to sandpaper your conscience, to refresh your values, to live in a way that you can even keep your sanity in God's presence. But you don't only have to keep your sanity and plateau you are to grow. We have just read it in Second Corinthians three eighteen that you know the Holy Spirit wants to change us from one degree of glory to another, increasing glory, increasing growth. Second so, Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen. No, you have read it already. It's okay. So what is happening is that God's Spirit in you is struggling to to make you more and more like Jesus. The world in which we live, teaming up with Satan, and your old man, they want to drag you down to become a worse Christian. You see, to look more and more like the world. So, you need a daily period with God's presence Now this is critical for me because we are busy, we are in a hurry, we are occupied, we are tired most of the time, and our hands are full of many other things, but we need time in God's presence. For God's spirit to take God's word to grow us, to change us, to transform us. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Jesus in the morning rising up a long while before day. He went to a solitary place and there he prayed. What does that mean? It means that Jesus had periods when he met the Father. Luke chapter 5 verse 15 and 16 tells us that in those days great multitudes came to hear Jesus to be healed. And Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness to go and pray to meet his Father. In Luke chapter 6, Verses 12 and 13, the Bible says in those days, Jesus went out to the mountains to pray. He continued the whole night in prayer to God. When it was day, he called his disciples and chose 12. He had time in God's presence before choosing his most intimate friends and people he would hang around with. You see, look at the 40-day fast of Jesus. Reported by Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 11 and Luke chapter 4 verse 1 to 13. Before beginning a three and a half year ministry, Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in God's presence, fasting, seeking the face of the Father, finding out what was God's will and what He wanted Him to do. Now this... critical. It is important because God speaks in a still small voice. 1st Kings chapter 19 verse 12 when Elijah after a 40-day fast met God on the Mount of Horeb the Bible says God was not in the earthquake he wasn't in the fire the noise but he was in the still small voice. First Kings, we are reading it. Chapter nineteen, twelve.
0: First Kings nineteen twelve. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper.
1: Yes, a gentle whisper. A still small voice. Now if God speaks in a still small voice, it's important to be quiet before him in order to hear him. It's important to make sure that we, we, we listen. And it means the mind has to be quieted. Our emotions have to be quieted. We need to steal our inner man before we can hear him. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 20 says the Lord is in his holy temple let the whole earth be silent before him psalm 46 verse 10 he says be still and know that i am god and even revelations chapter 8 verse 1 he says there was silence in heaven for half an hour How can we hear God's voice, God's input into our lives? It is only when we are quiet enough, when there is enough silence in order that we can hear Him. Jesus, let's read those ones. Jesus, in John chapter 10, we shall read verse 4, verse 5, and then we shall go to verse 16 and read verse 27. Yes.
0: John 10 4 to 5 first of all. Yes. When he has brought out all his own, yes. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice.
1: The sheep follow their shepherd because they know his voice. Yes.
0: But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him. Because they do
1: not recognize a stranger's voice. They don't recognize a stranger's voice. I just want to prove to you that God speaks to each of His children. If you can't hear God, then you are not His child. Yes, verse 16
0: and verse 20. 16 and uh, 27 later. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Yes. I must bring them also they too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. I have other sheep. They too will listen to my voice.
1: Yes, in verse 27.
0: 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep
1: listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, my point in this message is that you need a daily time of quiet before god's word and in the presence of god's spirit in order to hear god's input into your life which will change you which will transform you which will grow you to become more and more like jesus this is what we call the daily quiet time God's presence, spending quality time with the Word of God so that God's Spirit can use the Word of God to, to probe you and transform you. Now, let me close by trying to arrange for you some of the tips which have helped me personally. Number one, it is critical to choose Bible verses for memorization and meditation that deal with your personal character flaws. I want to repeat that. If you notice that you lust after girls, if you notice that you are prone to telling small, small lies, if you notice that you get angry and you say things you should not say, you need to go back to the Bible and choose relevant Bible verses that deal specifically with the flaws in your character. Now, if you do not do that, Then, you will see that your walk with God is never really a time for growth. Number two tip. There are certain virtues like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, meekness, that you need to build into yourself. And the only way to do that is to get relevant Bible verses and take them day after day, week after week, to work on that virtue until you see it blossoming in your life. These things bring change and people can notice the change. This explains why certain Bible verses can stick in your spirit and stay in your heart. Because you worked on them in the presence of God. And God's Holy Spirit burned those verses into your heart. That is the surest way to grow as a Christian. And the growth goal is to become like Jesus. The more you do this, the more you see that The change comes. And as you daily spend time in God's presence, you see the change into Christ-likeness. And God's voice, His input in your life, gives you victory over Satan, victory over the world, and victory over your fallen nature. God bless you. I believe that this period of going through Christ-likeness has benefited you shall we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us Jesus Christ. We thank you for helping us, giving us resources so that by them, we shall be more and more like Jesus. Lord, we pray that our journey on this earth will be, as Paul summarized it, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, can see the love
0: in your... Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org God bless you.